On this episode of the podcast, Josh tells us a tale of how one head coach's displeasure with a draft pick leads to a decade of instability. Gosh, that sounds like a terrible like family story. It or sounds like Jenga. half of the franchises in the NFL, so I'm intrigued <laughs> as to what we're about yeah. to listen to. Why don't you go ahead and recline that sofa and loosen that tie, because this is Mismanaged. Welcome to Mismanaged, a podcast where we kick back and criticize the failings of paid sports professionals while also offering them foolproof solutions to all their management woes. I'm Austin Eakin, joined by Josh Sweezy, Nathaniel Westover, and the one and only Andy Stepball Change Spazzato. Yeah, yeah. I, I think of it as like a dance, um, as all sports should Great be. Great answer this generation right here. Mm. Yeah, Fleet well, foot. how's that high kick, bud? Fleetfoot oh. Matt. Guys, I mean, after 17 years of ballet, I, I'm incredible. So, Andy, you're 16. Oh my god! What? Oh my god! I, my whole life is a lie. I can't be here anymore. No. Yeah, let's evaluate <laughs> that later. For now, yeah, yeah. let's get into this. This week, we are talking NFL, and we are taking it back to 1991. Warning to any and all Falcons fans, you may want to cover your ears, or just remember that Michael Vick is the second most unstoppable football video game character. Behind Bo Jackson. Always the bridesmaid, I guess. But Josh, take us away. All right. 28 to 3. End of podcast. Oh, oh. Right, oh. oh yikes. Sorry, Falcons fans. All right. Gentlemen, let's prepare to go on a journey. We're taking it all the way back to 1991. The Atlanta Falcons went 10 and 6 that year and won the wild card game against the Saints, beating them 27 to 20. They would lose in the divisional round to the then Washington Redskins, now, of course, the Washington football team. Luckily so. <laughs> the football team would go on to win Super Bowl 26 over the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Oh, go Sorry, Bills. Sorry. Sorry about that, Bills. Someday you'll win a Super Bowl. <laughs> so for Atlanta, it was a pretty successful season. Won a playoff game, lost to the eventual Super Bowl champs. They were coming into 1992 feeling pretty good. They were led by head coach Jerry Glanville and five-year veteran Chris Miller was under center taking snaps. Mm, Chris Miller. <laughs> I remember that guy. Yeah. On the, on the what, Tacoma? <laughs> Are you saying that he drove a Tacoma? The Sega? <laughs> Did he go to Tacoma University? Madden Blast. Uh, Did he Sega. drive a Scion? No. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Backing up Miller was the one and only Billy Joe Tolliver. Billy oh, Joe. Oh, the lead, the lead singer of Green Day? Yes, both. Both Wait. Billy Joel okay. and the Bob, lead. I think you're thinking of Billy Bob Thornton. Yes. Oh, yeah. Billy Bob Thornton. Okay. okay All so Billy's I'm... everywhere All were Billy. playing for the Atlanta Falcons. Eilish, too. That's yeah, a I good cool niche, actually. <laughs> <laughs> They'll draft anyone named Billy. No Williams. Your <laughs> name has to be Billy. Billy or bust. All right. Uh, they had taken a quarterback in the second round of the 1991 draft, but Glanville was not happy about the pick. In the preseason, the third stringer went 14 of 34 for 106 yards, two touchdowns, and one INT. Nothing mind blowing, but not horrendous either. Now, his regular season stats were atrocious. 
<laughs> he played in two games for the Falcons, going zero of four with two interceptions. Ooh, yikes. So he completed two passes to the other team and none to his own. Hey, man, football's hard, <laughs> all right? Ooh, so after the not 19- that hard. <laughs> So after the 1992 season, on February 2nd, 1992, the third-string Falcons quarterback was traded to the Green Bay Packers for a single first-round pick. That quarterback was none other than Brett Lorenzo Favre. Oh, God. Oh, yikes. Oh, no. <laughs> Are we Brett, I, now? I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> oh, turn around. Fix the mistake. Oh, Don't do it. Brett's standing right behind me, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Built for comfort. Wrangler. All right, let's talk about the 91 Packers. They finished off the 1991 season with a crisp 4-12 record, leaving them as one of the worst teams in the NFC. They had a new coach in Mike Holmgren, and they were led by GM Ron Wolf. That's a cool name. That's name. He's a cool guy, Ron Wolf. Quarterback in the team was Don Muschkowski, who led the league in yards in 1989, but had struggled with a rotator cuff injury and erratic play. Seems well, important. I'm, well, I'm sorry, er- erratic play? Yeah. Like, as in he would ball, man. Ru- like just run well, the opposite direction? Well, or sometimes like... his rotator cuff worked, and sometimes it didn't. Oh, so. <laughs> okay, so that's what was erratic. Not like he was running into the stands mm-hmm. and giving the ball to the fans. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Who's that one soccer player that notoriously just like oh, bit uh, people Suarez. during this? Yeah, Suarez. Suarez. He was doing that. Yeah. <laughs> He's pulling a Suarez. Great. Uh, All right. Uh, veteran backup, Mike. Tom's chick was Tom's uh, played. Mo- thank you. Played most of the '91 season and 1990 Heisman winner. Ty Detmer was the third stringer. Detmer had not shown enough to live up to his Heisman campaign at BYU and would go on to be a backup for the most of the most of his career. But that's enough about him. We're Good talking about Brett Favre. BYU. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, no. I'm sorry. Zach Wilson. No, I'm Zach gonna... Wilson. It's BYU. I'm sorry. It's BYU. <laughs> There. Just stop with this nonsense. I don't care how good he looks. Only it's time will tell. <laughs> so basically, the Packers were pretty bad and in need of a good young quarterback. Now, Ron Wolf had had his eye on Favre since he was a senior at Southern Mississippi. Oh, thank God you said a college there. <laughs> yeah. He'd been courting him for 15 years. He asked him to yeah. the senior prom, but Favre was already taken. Uh, so Wolf was an executive with the New York Jets in 1991 and had planned on drafting Favre with the 34th pick in the 1991 draft when the Falcons took him with the 33rd. The Jets ended up drafting quarterback Browning Nagel with the 34th pick in you have a guy named Browning Nagel and Brett Favre, and you choose Browning Nagel? That sounds no, like Brett Favre was gone already. Oh, okay, 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 thank God. Yeah, he's just a you know, solid second. Suffice to okay. say, Browning Nagel did not pan out in the NFL. But he did uh, get a sick disease named after him. <laughs> Browning Nagel. You should get that Uh yeah, but now Wolf was in Green Bay and Favre was available. So Green Bay traded what would turn out to be the 19th pick in the 1992 draft for the 23-year-old quarterback. Uh, now Favre was a wild card back when he was at Southern Miss. 
at the beginning of his freshman year, Favre was the seventh string quarterback on the roster. They had that many. They that had seven Jeez. quarterbacks. That's just indecision at the coaching position right there. <laughs> wow. Why aren't we talking about that guy? <laughs> oh, we'll get to him. <laughs> okay. Uh, Favre took over the starting spot in the second half of just the third game of the season. So that tells you how good the six quarterbacks in front of him. <laughs> oh, my God. In that game, Favre was suffering a hangover from the night before nice. and had vomited nice. during warmups, but still managed yes. to lead Southern Miss to a come-from-behind victory. That's iconic. That's oh, Favre style. I love it. Wrangler. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then from then on, the starting quarterback gig was his. Uh, but things got a little insane during the summer of 1990 before the start of his senior year. It did for all of us. <laughs> 19, the summer of 1990. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's crazy time. 1990. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Never again. So basically, uh, Brett Favre got in a nearly fatal car accident where he lost control of his car while coming around a bend. The car flipped fully three times before coming to rest against a tree. Gracious. Yeah, no, absolutely crazy. He was only rescued after one of his brothers broke the window with a golf club because he was only like a a quarter mile or so from his house. Mm. Um, And then he was able to get pulled out and, you know, rushed to the hospital or whatever. Uh, At the the hospital, doctors removed uh, 30 inches of his small intestines. And then just six weeks after the accident on September 8th, 1990, Favre led Southern Miss to a comeback win over Alabama. Wow. So, so that really like helped him. He probably like got his edge back after that. He's like, oh, you guys, you guys removed some of my small intestines, right? 30 inches. Yeah. 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 We, we got this. Fast. I got something to prove. <laughs> yeah. Why is my always coming from behind? Win a game. Yeah. Right. Well, he, he starts slow <laughs> and then he finishes strong. Slow, slow start. Uh, Alabama coach Gene Stallings said, you can call it a miracle or a legend or whatever you want to. I just know on that day, Brett Favre was larger than life. On that day? How about every Sounds like an excuse. <laughs> yeah. I got outplayed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not my fault because that so, guy had magic. Yeah. God, he's out. amazing. God himself came down, <laughs> threw Brett Favre against a tree, <laughs> and then gave him superpowers. <laughs> But it wasn't my fault. So because of all of his college shenanigans, if you want to call him that, being drunk and getting in a car crash, uh, Favre was a bit of a risk when um, when being drafted. But Wolf saw that his potential was worth it. And in just the second game of the 1992 season, Favre would be put to the test in Green Bay. Favre came off the bench in a 31-3 loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And his first NFL completion was to himself. Nice. Oh, great. Yep. Yep. He threw the ball. It was deflected by a Tampa Bay lineman, Um, and he caught it himself. Whose name was? uh, Lorenzo Cavalier. I don't believe (laughs) I don't think that for a second. (laughs) But I I do think that Brett Favre planned that from the beginning. Oh, yeah. It was all an elaborate. Yeah. Lorenzo Cavalier. (laughs) There you go. It was all an elaborate ruse. Um, But basically, that completion resulted in like a three yard loss because then he got immediately tackled by said defensive lineman. (laughs) So it wasn't particularly effective. Uh, (laughs) He did end up going eight of 14 for 73 yards and one interception that game. So pretty good. It's all right. (laughs) It's all right. Better than his time in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Very Um, true. 
the his the Green Bay's next game was against the Cincinnati Bengals, and Moshkowski was again struggling. So trailing 17 to 10 at the half, Holmgren opted for Favre. This time, Favre led them on a comeback victory, hey, 24 to 23, including two fourth quarter touchdowns. Uh, after that, Favre took over the quarterback duties, and he led the Packers to a nine and seven season, just barely missing the playoffs. But Favre was selected to his first Pro Bowl that year, and the rest of Favre's career is pretty well known. Uh, Holmgren and Favre would have a tenuous but successful relationship. Holmgren always wanted Favre to be a system quarterback, but our boy Favre always followed his heart and was a true, true gunslinger. He's a real gunslinger. Mm. Pal, drum part of the <laughs> yeah, he would just huck that ball as far as he could. Uh, between 1993 and 1998, Holmgren and Favre uh, had a record of 66-30 and 30 with two NFC Conference titles and one Super Bowl win. Favre was the MVP for three consecutive years from 1995 to 1998. The most impressive thing about Favre, though, was his toughness and longevity. He still holds the record with 297 consecutive games started. I put an asterisk oh on that, though. Eli Manning gosh. would have had that if it weren't for uh, Mackinac just benching him for a game. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. But, well, we, you know, give Favre his credit, I we, guess. we also don't like... The Giants. Oh, yeah, so. no, I hate the Giants, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. not nearly good enough for me to like maintain hating. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. <laughs> nice. All right, so Favre and the Packers went on to consistent success in contending, including one Super Bowl win. But what happened to the Atlanta Falcons? Well, after trading Favre, the Falcons went 6 and 10 in 1992, a far cry from their 10 and 6 season last year. Uh, statistically, the Falcons' defense was one of the worst in the leagues in 1992. Uh, they were worst in points allowed, total yards allowed, yards per play, rushing yards allowed, and yards per rush attempt. Seems like all the categories there. <laughs> wow, that's, that's pretty much football. They, they just were the worst. They just couldn't stop the run or the pass <laughs> and allow other teams to score a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that 19th overall pick that the Falcons got in return for Favre? Well, our old friend, Jerry Glanville, wanted to use it on a defensive back. You know, shore up that defense a little bit. Instead, Atlanta management drafted running back Tony Smith. You've all heard of of Hall of Famer Tony Smith. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) In just a fun bit of coincidence, Smith also went to Southern Miss, where Favre was his quarterback for his freshman and sophomore seasons. Wow. So Smith went on to have an illustrious career with 33 total carries for 329 yards. And oh, two boy. touchdowns. His career? Career. Yeah. looking at that going, oh, I've had games better than that. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, in three seasons, it was just, that's awful. Over three seasons with Atlanta, he was yes. a first rounder? He, yes. Oh, my he did God. have two receptions for 14 yards oh, with a long of eight, though. All right. So. <laughs> okay. Well, you should have let so that. I mean, that makes so, sense then. So they literally were like, hey, this guy knows Brett Favre. He should be good, right? <laughs> yeah. He was a full dual threat back. Yeah. <laughs> Just ready to go. It's the whole Derek Watt treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so Smith is obviously considered to be a complete bust. And after the 1992 season, he was taken off of the offense and moved to special teams. He didn't see another offensive snap after his first season. 
Oh my god. He was mostly used to return punts and kickoffs, but after the 1994 season, he left the Falcons. He did get picked up by the Carolina Panthers, but he broke his tibia and fibula in the preseason. Oh my gosh. And was poor guy. After that year. Yeah, no, it's brutal. Oh, I feel so bad for him. Yeah. He uh, played in Canada for a little while and made his return to the NFL when he signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, a hamstring injury ended his career before he saw Phil. Oh my gosh, this poor uh, dude. Never actually played for the hey, Eagles. Hey, no, not this poor dude. He had the audacity to think he could be Brett Favre. <laughs> 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 and he's like, mm, I'm Brett Favre. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> uh, so the Falcons had up and down success through the 90s. They did make it back to the playoffs in 1995, only to run into Brett Favre in his first MVP season with the Packers. So they lost that game 37-20. to 20. Uh, Then in 1998, the Falcons made it all the way to the Super Bowl, only to lose to John Elway and the Denver Broncos 34-19. to 19. So the Falcons had flashes of brilliance, but struggled with consistency. They mm. never made the playoffs in back-to-back years in the 90s. If only they had the most consistent starting quarterback in the history of the game. <laughs> but wait, mm-hmm. they wow. made it to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. in the 90s. Yep. But in the 90s, mm-hmm. they never made the playoffs back-to-back years. So one year they missed the playoffs. Yep. The next year they made the Super Bowl. Yep. And the next year they missed the playoffs. Yes, so yes. Like, That's crazy. <laughs> yes. What? It, no, <laughs> That's insane. What? <laughs> so a, a few fun stats before we leave. Brett Favre uh, went on to be an 11-time Pro Bowler, mm. a three-time first-team All-Pro, he played in 302 NFL games with a record of 186, 112, and 0. He completed 62% of his passes with a 508 to 336 touchdown-to-interception ratio and 43 career game-winning drives. Always coming from behind. Always oh coming from behind. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Favre was introduc- uh, inducted sorry, into the Hall of Fame in 2016. Uh, the 1992 NFL draft is also noticeable, uh, noticeable, notable, because it is the only draft since 1960 to produce zero Hall of Famers. So you can't really blame the Falcons. I mean, you can. There were other good players. We will. But I will. No, no Hall you of can, Famers. Because if you look at it, also there's a benefit of hindsight. But mm-hmm. it's like we have this Hall of Famer here, <laughs> but I think I'd like a shot at any number of guys that are guaranteed not to, <laughs> to not be hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. And wow. that is the story of how the Atlanta Falcons traded Brett Favre for literally nothing. Wow. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine. That's brutal. That's, that sucks. You know, that's what you get. 28 and three though. You know, it's uh-huh. in, yeah. at least they have that to remember. It's in the framework yeah. of the organization, but <laughs> I mean, now that Josh has presented one of, say, the worst moves in NFL history, we feel pretty comfortable and confident in presenting our own proposals for those GMs we believe need a little amateur help to make their professional decisions. Uh, Andy, why don't you kick us off there, my guy? All right. So uh, so this actually feels pretty fitting because I'm addressing owner and general manager of the Atlanta Falcons, Arthur hey. Blank. I mean, it, it could be in the near future. It could be... Uh, Terry uh, Fontenot, I believe is how it's yeah, said. Yeah, um, right now, so. <laughs> okay. Keep up with the um, kid. <laughs> okay, well, 
okay, just first of all, Atlanta, yikes. Four and twelve is not great. Okay, why don't you uh, rub it in a bit more, Andy? I know they're just they're just. I'm so sorry. Um, okay, so so you guys have a have a fairly solid squad on paper. Uh, you know Ryan, Gurley, Ridley, and Julio. But it'd be better if they had Brett Favre. That is true. If you drafted Brett Favre, Brett Favre. Favre. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he refuses to put on a uniform. He can only wear Wrangler Supply now. <laughs> Run around with a Gillette razor. It'll be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay, so to be honest, though, Julio's getting up there. His injuries are affecting him more and more, and he's just not looking like the player he once was. Uh, I, I I love Julio. I got nothing against him, uh, but it might be time to start looking for new and younger options. Yeah, my first. What was that? Andy hates Julio. Yeah, no, I've no always- I- <laughs> Andy hates Julio Jones. I don't hate Julio Jones. I promise. All the other really good receivers look at and be like, "Yeah, he's the best receiver in the game." Yeah, he's garbage. <laughs> I actually have a fat head of every single NFL wide receiver in history, except for Julio Jones. Just the fact that you have any fat heads. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about that. Yeah, we, we'll revisit. Um, okay, so so I would make this about Matt Ryan, but you you know you're kind of stuck with him until 2023, which you know it's fine. So let's focus on whose hands he can put the ball into next season. So you're fourth in the draft behind Jacksonville, Jets, and Miami. Uh, if I'm Jags and Jets, I'm probably thinking about investing in a quarterback. And honestly, if the Jags pa- pass up a chance to pick up a player like Trevor Lawrence, we'll almost definitely be talking about interim GM Trent Balk. I I promise. Uh, now, Jets, I know you have a young man, Sam Darnold, but let's be honest, uh, you don't earn two wins throughout the season by having a great quarterback. So hey, he's yeah. a good good young man. He's got some he, nice, I'm, solid character. He's got solid yeah. fundamentals. He, see he seems he seems sweet. Sure, <laughs> he's uh, into the fan zone. <laughs> <laughs> so okay it's a toss-up if the dolphins decide to go down this path but let's just operate like we're in a perfect world real quick uh, the falcons have to be realistic about who is in their wide receiver slot for the coming years and the guy you're dependent upon to make big plays so i propose at the fourth pick uh you choose fifth overall projected prospect devonta smith He's an exceptional route runner with even better hands. He's a threat just about anywhere on the field. He's proven he can utilize his six foot one, 175 pound frame to cut through defenses. He won't be your best pass blocker, but you can, if you can quickly dump the ball off to him, you won't need to anyway. Uh, I think with Ryan's arm in combination with Smith's speed and agility, uh, I think that could be a dangerous duo. Not far off from the OG Julio and Ryan team up. Um, I, I mean, after all, you don't become the only receiver to ever be awarded the. AP college football player of the year in over 20 years by mistake. Oh, and the Heisman winner as well. So Mr. Blank and Fontenot, whoever is going to be in charge, uh, I suggest you draft Devonta Smith and get yourself more than four wins next season before you become another mismanaged episode. So thank you. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one is safe. We'll see you in hell. Yeah. If we run out of material, we're just going to find good teams and like knit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that was solid. Wessover, you got something for us? Yeah, uh, I'd like to address John Robinson, GM of the Titans. Uh, you've got a solid team you've built so far, fell short in the playoffs, but you defied the odds last year defeating the Patriots and ra- the Ravens, <laughs> which was amazing, and we all thank you for that. Now, to Top remain last. contenders, there are a few options to keep up with that terrifying team in Kansas City, and you've got the back-to-back rushing champ in Derrick Henry who did it all with no Pro Bowl linemen. 
You've got him locked down for the foreseeable future, so make his life easier and shore up that offensive line. You've got a projected 20-plus draft pick coming up. I think it's 23rd now. So finding a skilled position player would be easy there. But you've got a roughly about $6.7 million in cap space, depending on how the cap turns out with COVID and everything. So find yourself some depth at offensive line. Now, it pains me to suggest it, but more of a cap casualty for Pittsburgh is offensive tackle and guard Matt Feeler. He's played nearly every position except center this year, moving around an injured line, and was one of the brighter spots of the Steelers' offensive line, which has played worse and worse than every other year. Hey, they played great in that playoff game. Hey, don't you dare. Don't you dare. That, you know, they were on the field. I liked the one where they snapped it too high. Oh, yeah. That was the oh first my gosh. The yeah. With veteran Pouncey, who has never played a playoff game before. You mean old man Mike Pounce? Marquise oh. Pounce? Which, which Pounce it's Marquise. It? I oh, knew it. The one that's played several playoff games oh, yes. before. Then mm-hmm. the All-Pro, yes. Yep. Uh, it, was, it was hard for all of us to watch. Browns is the Browns, baby. It. Ugh. But Matt Feeler's play has elevated his upcoming free agent status, and he'll just be out of reach of the cap-strapped uh, Pittsburgh pocketbook. His projected contract is currently sitting around $3.25 million, so if there's any kind of bidding war for an experienced lineman, you have some wiggle room to offer him a little bit more. Uh, Derrick Henry crossed that 2,000-yard threshold this year with a better line. Eric Dickerson, he's coming for you. Mm. Yikes. Yeah, I, if I'm Eric Dickerson, I'm sitting there in my goggles and I'm thinking, Ruh-roh. coming for me. <laughs> you know, Westover, it takes a strong man to talk a lot about the offensive line because it's so boring and nobody cares about it. So let me talk about something important. All right. <laughs> Dear New England Patriots GM Bill Belichick. Who's that? Bill William Belichick. The William? First for him. His Herman real name Farrell. is Bill. Anyway, uh, listen, 2020 was a rough year for everyone. You guys are no exception. But you can hardly blame yourself. The, the dominance of the New England Patriots for the last 20 years is well documented and personally known. Not to me. Well, it must be nice to be in the NFC. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, you survived 2017, but barely. Uh, so you went all in on those Super Bowls and it paid off. But this season, you finished seven and nine and third in the NFC, NFC, AFC East. It's time to rebuild that roster, and luckily, the almost fifty-nine million in cap space should help plug some of those holes for you. Cam Newton's play was too inconsistent, and honestly, we all know you should move on. Just call chalk it up to a, a failed experiment, and but um, by the time your fifteenth overall pick rolls around. It's unlikely that any of the the top QB prospects will still be there. You could trade up to the top five, but you don't really have the assets to give up for a big trade like that. And the big-name quarterback in free agency this year is obviously Dak Prescott. Mm. He'd probably cost you around $30 between his salary and bonuses, so well within your cap. But hear me out. You shouldn't sign Dak. I think the Patriots should sign Mitchell Trubisky. True Trapatsky. It doesn't work nearly at all. Pat Trapatsky. Listen, he's not as good as Dak, but he'd probably be about half as expensive. That's money that you could use on putting weapons around Mitch, like Hunter Henry, T.Y. Hilton, or Marvin Jones. 
Personally, I think Mitchell got a bad rap. The Bears moving up to draft him above Mahomes and Watson is hilarious, <laughs> but it's not this guy's fault. He put him in a system with a great mentor, and I think you could elevate his play to an elite, maybe maybe passable level. Humbly or Josh Sweezy. Wow. That, I think we will I mean, definitely be talking about that Mahomes pick. Elite yeah. or passable. So. I mean, <laughs> elite or passable. <laughs> I, yeah, and, and you know it's double down on the fact that it's like I still think the Cowboys might actually sign Dak or after this. They'll season, try. They probably should. Yeah, no, I would hope for but, them. I um, need actually Andy Dalton's kind of the greatest of all time. So well, Andy Dalton is the red rifle, and no one else will ever because it's such a bad. Name. <laughs> it's a terrible name, and also there aren't many gingers in the league. That's hey, also Andy, a good point. Like, that's not, what. You can't say you just called you. I you called him the Red Rifle. That's his name. name. No, oh, that's his okay. name. <laughs> okay, it's on the back of his jersey and everything. Ginger is derogatory. A spice, a spice. <laughs> like rutabaga. Okay. Rutabaga. Okay, so he's the rutabaga rifle. Well, that worked out pretty well, actually. I'm. That's that's kind of. Yeah, cool. I'm, I'm going to address New York Giants GM Dave Gettleman first and foremost. Fly Eagles, fly. Suck it, Giants. Now that we've established a disclaimer of my bias, I'm going to go and give you an easy move that will shore up your offense and assist that solid defense you somehow established. Against all odds. Against all odds. (laughs) Your offense was decimated with injuries this past year, and it made Daniel Jones look pretty bad. Danny Dimes. Not hard to do, but, you know, once again, bias speaking, he's all right. (laughs) However, don't be fooled and give in to the media's pot stirring. Stick with Jones. Even if he is average at best, he can win you some games with the right pieces and you won't have to break the bank to retain him. Therefore, the move you should make is to give him some reliable weapons. Saquon and Sterling Shepard will be back next year, but even if they stay healthy, the offense could use another consistent weapon on the outside to assist Slayton and Shepard. You should sign Juju Smith-Schuster. TikTok star Juju Smith-Schuster? Twitch star? Schuster. Hey, Pittsburgh is bar- an embarrassment unto its own. I know. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Hey, Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Here's the thing Juju is becoming an unrestricted free agent, and the Steelers do not have the cap space, as Westover was talking about, to retain him. He'll probably be another cap casualty. Additionally, he has shown interest in moving to a bigger market to uh, build his brand. Mm-hmm. Um, his- that. That's His not really a, company. Well, Le'Veon Bell also had that situation. It's not very much of the Steeler move, mm-hmm. so I don't see them extending him. But it worked out for Le'Veon Bell so well. Oh, yeah. he's Well, he's farther in the playoffs than the Steelers <laughs> are. Wow, this, is, uh, this is hurtful. I, 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 I feel sad. It's on our snowball down or snowy hill toboggan situation, so we're going to keep going. Uh Juju's drop in performance since his first two years in the league have resulted in him becoming undervalued. You could attain him for cheaper than he's worth and add a young, sure-handed receiver to your already youthful offense. The NFC East, unfortunately, is always up for grabs. Even with Dak Prescott's return next season, uh, you still have a chance to win that division at any given moment. Go get Daniel Jones some help. It pains me to say it, but it would make your offense pretty formidable. Yeah, uh, probably. Uh... I mean... Giants are still going to be the Giants, but so uh, there's Giants is the Giants, Browns is the Browns. 
I don't like that. Uh, that's a thing now. Daniel Jones is still gonna trip running into the end zone. Oh yeah, Nobody that's like that's 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 because an eagle, invisible, flew down and looked at his eagle and uh, it was one of those ghosts up. that Sam Darnold can only see. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it, it, it was an invisible eagle. I saw it. It struck my leg. <laughs> and that's the pod. In the words of former NFL coach Jim Mora, quote, "What's that? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game." Thanks for listening. And remember, this was mismanaged. <laughs>